I was on uh, I was on Twitter the other day. Uh, I came across a, a post uh, talking about uh, using sugar to uh, deal with like uh, some sort of protrusion for. It's kind of describing it like basically hemorrhoids. Anyways, uh, so they were talking about having to use sugar. And I thought I thought that was fascinating. Um, so then there were some tweets under it that uh, one of them caught my eye and said, uh, "This was like a nurse," and she said, "Oh, it also works for peens too. Uh, peens, the nomenclature for the male genitalia." But she said it works for peens too, and. I was curious. I'm like, huh? And it had a lot of likes. So I, when I, when I checked it out, they said that she said it was used for phimosis, like paraphimosis. Uh, if you don't know what phimosis is, that's a condition where the ridged band gets it whenever it's pulled behind like the glands anatomy and it starts to constrict like the shaft and things like that. But anyways, yeah, so it apparently it's used to treat phimosis. And, you know, hers wasn't the only tweet that said that. I mean, there's, there's a few others, you know, these are people from different parts of the country. So, you know, that, that really got me curious because during... I mean, one thing you often see during uh, during uh, male genital cutting discourse is, you know, they'll rattle off a list of supposed benefits and uh, the prevention of paraphimosis is uh, listed amongst that. So, and to me, that it's it's a bit absurd to use that as a justification. I mean, to me, that's like severing a whole person's eyelid because they might get swelling. But anyways, so I decided to do some more research on that topic. So I just typed in Paraphimosis, no, sugar paraphimosis. And so that led me to a article from the American, the AAFP, that's the American uh, Academy of, F F uh, actually, let me, let me not even, let me not even butcher that. Let's get the actual title of this group American Academy of Family Physicians all right so anyways it led me to an article on their site as entitled paraphimosis current treatment options and this is by Jong M Cho MD he's out of University of Cincinnati Medical Center Cincinnati Ohio 
And this was printed in their December 15, 2000 magazine, apparently, uh, if I'm reading this citation correctly. Yeah, I remember my dad was a physician, and I don't remember the exact magazines he would get, but it, it was definitely a lot, so I could see. I mean, it was like weekly, bi-weekly, so I could, I could see why they would organize it anyway. So anyways, this was in the December 2000 uh, magazine, so... I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to paraphrase most of this and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about it as we're going along. So, so here's a, here's a, uh, is an in-depth definition of paraphimosis. It reads, paraphimosis is a urologic emergency occurring in uncircumcised males in which the foreskin becomes trapped behind the corona and forms a tight band of constricting tissue. Often iatrogenically induced, paraphimosis can be prevented by returning the prepuce to cover the glands following penile manipulation. Treatment often begins with reduction of edema, followed by a variety of options, including mechanical compression, pharmacologic therapy, puncture technique, and dorsal slit. Prevention and early intervention are key elements in the management of paraphimosis. So that's, you know, this, it kind of blew me away. Uh, I mean, I learned a, learned a number of things. I mean, I, it's for uh, the term iatrogenic. Uh, that's uh, in medical terms. That's a uh, that's a condition that's caused by uh, caused by examination or treatment of something unrelated. So. Uh, take for instance, if you're trying to repair a, a stitch head in someone's eyelid and you happen to poke it out, that will be an iatrogenically induced eyeball poking. So it off the bat, it already says that, you know, this isn't this isn't paraphimosis isn't something the boys would just catch. This is something that uh, unfortunately is a result of uh, mishandling, so to speak. So that, that was that really, that really stuck out to me. Um, anyways, we'll. Uh, read some more of it. Uh, paraphimosis is one of the few urologic emergencies that may be encountered in general practice. It's a condition in which the foreskin wants to pull back. So, paraphimosis only occurs in uncircumcised or partially circumcised males. Paraphimosis must be distinguished from phimosis, a non-emergency condition in which the foreskin cannot be pulled back. 
So if left untreated, paraphimosis can have severe consequences. Vigilance in returning the foreskin to its natural position following foreskin manipulation is the key to preventing paraphimosis. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to not butcher paraphimosis. <laughs> I'm adding too many M's to this to this word, but anyways. Um, so back to the, back to the iatrogenic lion, you know, they, they talk about the condition frequent, frequently occurs after penile examination, urethral catheter, catheterization or cytoscopy. So cytoscopy is when they examine, they take a scope or a camera and examine the uh, bladder. So this obviously all humans have a bladder, but anyways, paraphimosis typically occurs after Foley catheter placement uh, during insertion of the urethral catheter. The foreskin is retracted, retracted to prepare and drape the glands penis. After insertion of the catheter, the practitioner may not return the retracted foreskin to its normal position. Uh, rare causes of paraphimosis, paraphimosis include self-inflicted injury to the penis, such as piercing a penile ring into the glands, and paraphimosis secondary to penile erections. Um, so yeah, we, it, we're, we're talking about the causes of this. It's not, it's not something that just spontaneously happens. This is, it's, it's kind of a sustained sort of thing. I mean, it should be avoided, but it, it can happen. I mean, just because it can happen doesn't mean it's like, extremely common or there's no there's no way of treating it I mean and I can definitely see why a catheter placement would be a huge cause I mean I I myself I still have PTSD from when I was in a uh, after a surgery I had and you know I had to use a catheter ugh Ugh, anyways, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, then there's a few different sections. We can go over those as well. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, medical terminology, which goes in depth. I mean, it is, it, it, it should be nice to at least know some of these terms. So you don't feel like your doctor is speaking zeros and ones when he's talking about this sort of thing. But, um, yeah, the pathophysiology section, uh, it says when the foreskin becomes, uh, when the foreskin becomes trapped behind the Corona for a prolonged time, it may form a tight constricting band of tissue. And 
This rain can impair blood and lymphatic flow to and from the glands and prepuce. As a result of penile ischemon, vascular engorgement, the glands and prepuce may become swollen and edematous. edematous. If left untreated, penile gangrene and autoamputation may follow in days or weeks. So it's not something you, it's not something you want to leave untreated, obviously. And I don't imagine that many males would leave it untreated. I mean, obviously, if a baby, if that baby's not in neglect, I mean, the parents should be able to see something is going wrong with their kid's penis. So that same same thing with a young boy. I mean, he'll speak up and say, oh, it, it hurts. And of course, an older male gentleman, adult, he he can also speak up. I mean, of course, I don't want to be ableist. And there, there are people who can't speak up for whatever reason. They're either physically or mentally incapable of doing so. But in those cases, it falls to whoever is taking care of them. I mean, this is kind of crude, but medically speaking, uh, and a, a person in a coma a baby or you know someone who's otherwise incapacitated they're all they're all in the same state so you know it's it's not it's not the person's fault they're getting paraphimosis there's there's some underlying things that need to be examined or investigated So I think, yeah, we've we discussed the uh, uh, issue behind like what it is and why it happens. So we now to the meat of this, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not mean that. I did not do that pun on purpose. Um, so the treatment, treatment of paraphimosis uh, involves reducing the penile edema and restoring the prepuce to its original uh, position. There are no prospective randomized controlled studies comparing the efficacy of currently available treatment options. Several non-invasive or minim minimally invasive methods are used to reduce the penile swelling. And because of extreme pain, pain patients may require a penile nerve block. Topical analgesic or oral narcotics before penile manipulation. In infants and children, a topical anesthetic such as 2% lidocaine gel or 2.5% prilocaine and 2.5% lidocaine EMLA cream Apply to the skin for several minutes to an hour before penile manipulation is effective.
So that's, you know, this, this paragraph is interesting because, you know, these are the same, yeah, these are the same creams that are used during, you know, infant genital cutting. So, you know, if the worry is about, oh, these will be painful treatments. So, so these creams can only be used during the male cutting, but they can't be used to reduce the pain as these, you know, issues and conditions are being treated. But yeah, I digress. Uh, so the first part is the manual reduction. Uh, manual pressure may reduce edema. So basically it's kind of, just kind of try to shove it down or force it down, see if that helps. Uh, yeah, the meat of what I made this episode about uh, pharmacologic therapy. So they list a couple of options. There's injection of <laughs> hyaluronidase into the edematous prepuce is effective in resolving edema and allowing the foreskin to easily be reduced. Uh, degradation of high hyaluronic acid by hyaluronidase enhances diffusion of trapped fluid between the tissue planes to decrease the propitial swelling. And this this magic uh, I, I I don't want to say magic uh, this yeah so this. Uh, this substance can is safe, well suited for use in infants and children. And here is, of course, the second option, uh, at least under pharmacologic therapy, granulated sugar has been shown to be effective in the treatment of paraphimosis. Uh, based on the principle of fluid transfer occurring through osmotic gradient and granulated sugar is generously spread onto the surface of the edematous prepuce and glands. The hypotonic fluid from the edematous prepuce travels down the osmotic gradient into the sugar, reducing the swelling and allowing for manual reduction. Um, so in layman's terms, uh, the sugar kind of absorbs the fluid through the skin. Uh, yeah, the excess, uh, excess fluid, uh, whatever is going on that's preventing the, uh, rich band from uh, being placed uh, back at the end of the glands. Uh, there, there's some other minim minimally invasive therapy. There's the puncture technique. Uh, that's uh, where a hypodermic needle is used to puncture the 
prep use and drain out the trap fluid. Um, there's also blood aspiration. This is interesting. The base of the penis is temporarily tied off with a rubber tourniquet. An 18-gauge needle is inserted and corporal blood is aspirated to reduce penile swelling. Um, so, the obvious, obviously, the obvious goal in those techniques is to reduce the swelling, which makes sense. I think, you know, once it happens, it happens. I don't think people are necessarily going to jump quickly to surgery. You know, if these uh, these other options haven't been uh, tested out first. And there is, of course, uh, surgical therapy. And if a severely constricted band of tissue precludes all forms of conservative or minimally invasive therapy, an, emor uh, an emergency dorsal slit should be performed. Um, so, of course, you would use you would use the lidocaine or the EMLA and basically numb it or anesthetize it so you can do the operation. Now, a dorsal slit, it's it depends on whoever's doing the technique. I've seen pictures where they make a sort of V cut. Uh, I've seen other diagrams where they do a sort of uh, diamond over the uh, swelling. So there's there's a there's a number of options. So it doesn't necessarily involve it wouldn't involve removing the whole prep use as you know, people who are pro-infant genital cutting would have you believe. So it, you know, it, it takes me back to my overarching theme regarding uh, genital autonomy and integrity. It's, you know, is this the most conservative option? You know, if this were a healthy person which which would they choose if if an otherwise healthy person had paraphimosis and the doctor gave him two choices well we can try to get the swelling down or we can just do what we do to babies which is cut off the ridge band maybe some parts of your glands, you know, the epithelial tissue and your frenulum. You know, which 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 option is the adult gonna choose? They're gonna go for the minim minimally invasive option. So this you know, this kind of relates back to even things like the uh, beating children debate. You know, is, are people really concerned about discipline? 
or are they just looking for excuses to hit children? Because if, if I mean, if there's an option to physically, I mean, to, you know, make people do what you want or uh, ensure compliance or make sure a child will listen to you, you would think people would try to go with the option that doesn't involve physical violence, but I mean, based on the way people talk, you, you'd be surprised. So, it, you know, relating it back to male infant genital cutting, you know, what, what, what are people really afraid of? You know, you would think, imagine if there was some pill that could treat all of these alleged issues that, you know, people claim cutting an infant's genitals would treat or prevent. Imagine if there was some magic pill they were, that would make the whole procedure irrelevant. But, you know, we're finding more and more that Sometimes there are magic pills. Sometimes it's just a matter of sugar. But, you know, it's, it's something to think about. You know, children aren't property. They, they, they deserve their autonomy and their integrity, you know. Invasive things shouldn't just be forced on them just Just because, you know, if if male genital cutting was really about med medicinal purposes, then, you know, medicine isn't a static thing. It's, we, you, uh, you would think as a society, we would, look, we would look for more conservative and more effective treatments that preserve a person's health as much as possible, which is why we've moved away from things like medicinal mercury and giving children heroin and treponin and electroshock therapy. But, you know, we see that it's the med the medicinal uh, medicinal excuses are used as a pretext. So, anyways, um, I think I've talked enough. Uh, I like, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I'll have I'll have the uh, I'll have this paper by Dr. Cho. Uh, I have a link at the bottom or in another tweet below this podcast. Uh, you can check them out. <laughs>